0: good morning morning. will you open up with me in your Bibles to Matthew chapter 5 Matthew chapter 5 we come to the conclusion of this sermon series uh, that's entitled airplane mode Uh, we've been talking about the importance of prayer the importance of putting our, our phones to the side Uh, the distractions to the side, and focusing in on God. But Matthew chapter 5 is is where we'll be in Jesus' words, uh, starting in uh, verse 43. One more verse, I'm sorry. Let's start in verse 43. You've heard it said, Love your neighbor and hate your enemy. But I tell you, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you that you may be sons of your Father in heaven. He causes the sun to rise on the evil and the good, and he sends rain on the righteous and the unrighteous. If you love those who love you, what reward will you get?' Are not even the tax collectors doing that? And if you greet only your brothers, what are you doing more than others? Do not even pagans do that. Be perfect, therefore, as your heavenly Father is perfect. Let's pray. Father, as we gather today... Our prayer is that your Holy Spirit will guide and lead our hearts and our minds. As we seek to know you, we pray that you will guide and lead this time that we have together. Father, we're just so thankful for your word. We're thankful for your son, Jesus Christ. And we pray these things in his name. Amen. You may have heard of the Ninevites. They were powerful, vicious people. They would bury their enemies alive, they would fillet their enemies alive, they would impale them and leave them in the sun to die. And therefore the Ninevites were feared, hated enemies of all of their neighbors because of the atrocious ways that they partook in warfare. They were pagans far, far away from God. And so you have to understand that when Jonah the Old Testament prophet, was called to preach to that city, he ran. He ran because the Ninevites had been at war with Israel, and he had done these horrible and unspeakable things to his people, to his family, to those that he loved. And he knew that if he was to preach in that city... They might repent, and he knew his God. He knew his God would forgive them. And that was a hard pill to swallow. Wednesday of this past week was Pearl Harbor Remembrance Day. Could you imagine with me If you were called to be a missionary to Japan on December 8th, 1941, that would have been one day after the attack when 360 Japanese warplanes swarmed our Pacific fleet and killed 2,400 Americans. Jesus says in the text you heard it said to hate your enemies. That wasn't an Old Testament command. It was a feeling. A feeling that I think we feel sometimes. You see, Rome had occupied the land in Jesus' day. These soldiers forced Jews to carry their equipment. They taxed the Israelites without compassion until they had nothing left. The enemy in this story was Rome. And Jesus said, you heard it said to hate your enemies, but I tell you to love them. I tell you to pray for them. And it's a hard pill to swallow. So this morning, I just want to ask the question, why? Why should we love our enemies, and why should we pray for those who persecute us? If you're following along in your notes, write this first reason down. We are children of God. And because we are children of God, we reflect the character of God. And we see that in our children, right? Do you have pieces of your parents' DNA that really shine through you? I look at my children, and I know that they reflect me. For example, you may have noticed that Eli has a very outgoing personality, right? Eli doesn't know a stranger. He reflects my personality, my character. Charlie may not have that same piece of my DNA, but Charlie has this strong sense of empathy. If you start crying, he's going to start crying, and if you start crying, I start crying. If you start laughing, I start laughing. Charlie starts laughing. He has this empathic tendency And if it's true for our children, don't you think that it could also be true for God? And I think that's exactly what Jesus is saying here. He says, but I tell you, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you so that you may be sons of your Father in heaven. He goes on to say, Be perfect as what? Your Father is perfect. Reflect God's character. We are children of God. We should reflect who He is. This conversation is uh, difficult for us because we certainly see. Persecution differently than the early church. But the Greek word here for persecute means to push against, it means to pursue. And the early church had to deal with Jewish leaders who pushed against their movement. They felt threatened. They were jealous that people were converting to Christianity. And there's that awful story of a man by the name of Stephen. And because he loved Jesus, because he reflected Jesus, the Jewish leaders stoned him to death and then the Romans began persecuting Christians they all just pushed against this movement and Jesus' command here is for the early church to pray for their persecutors now we may not be persecuted in the exact same way but there's those of us here today, maybe, who have had our Christian morals and ethics pushed against. Do people criticize you for showing love and support to the homeless community? Do people push against you when you refrain and joining in on the office gossip? Our answer. Our reflection of the character of God should be that of love. And it was Jesus who said in John chapter 13, by this, everyone will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. Well, if you are following along in your notes, write this down as well. The second reason that I have to share with you is that we are held to a higher moral standard. We are held to a higher moral standard than others. Now, I didn't have a phone growing up. I had a buddy who had a cell phone, and we could only use it in an emergency because it was like $15 a second or something ridiculous like that, right? Right? So I don't know the pressures of our young people and the pressures they face with getting phones, but I know that my son Charlie and Eli both asked for phones way too early for me to be ready to give them a cell phone. Their arguments were both exactly the same, too. Well, Bobby has a phone, Oh, well, Susie got her phone when she churned, and my answer's always the same, isn't it? I'm not Bobby's dad. But that's the truth here in the text. I should not be held to the same standard of Susie's parents. They have a child to raise, and the only standard that my children need to worry about It's Jeremy and Jessica Cox, right? And it's the same for us. We are not held to the same standards of this world. And even though the world, and even though others may be saying, why are you praying for your enemies? Why are you loving those who persecute you? That's dumb. Well, that's not the standard that they understand because they don't have the same standard that we have of our Heavenly Father. And they may have good excuses, because it's not like your enemies are praying for you. It's not like those who persecute you are praying for you. But we serve a different God who has his own standards to live by. And God's standards state that we have got to love our enemies and pray for those who persecute us. And so we should go and live it out. We don't have to agree. We certainly don't have to understand. We just have to trust that God's moral standard is better than our own and better than this world. Listen to God's word through his prophet Isaiah in Isaiah 55. It's perfect. Let the wicked forsake their ways and the unrighteous their thoughts. And let them turn to the Lord, and he will have mercy on them. And to our God, and he will freely pardon. For my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are my ways Uh, Your ways, my ways, declares the Lord. As the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts, your thoughts. Do you hear God's heart here? And we have to put this within the context of the passage because Isaiah is preaching to a people who had lost their beloved city of Jerusalem. Babylon, Babylon is the unrighteous in this passage. Babylon were the evil people in this passage. And God says through his prophet Isaiah, let those people, those evil, awful people who destroyed your city, who destroyed your temple, let those people come back to me and I will forgive them. And that doesn't make any sense to the Israelite because God's ways are higher than our ways. His thoughts are higher than our thoughts. And his standard is the one that we have to trust. It's greater than our thoughts. It's greater than our ways. And I've got one more reason for you. The one that makes the most sense, but the hardest of all the pills to swallow. God loves them too. I don't like this one. I want God to hate who I hate. I don't want God to love them too. Jesus says that God causes the sun to rise on the evil and the good. And rain, we've had plenty of it, has fallen out there for the righteous and the unrighteous. In fact, Jesus would tell us that God so loved the world that he gave his only son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have everlasting life. And I got to thinking about the world today because I think, man, this world is big. But I think even in my tiny mind, the United States is a lot of people. Right? Like surely we make up a good portion of this world, don't we? Any guesses to how many people, what percentage of the world that the United States population make up? Any guesses? Oh, we got a good guess right here. I thought it'd be in the 20s. 4% the United States population makes up 4.25% of the world's population. We only make up 4% of the world's population. And yet when I hear God so loved the world, why can I only think of people who speak English? You know, in the world, there are only 2 billion Christians. That makes 6 billion billion people who do not identify themselves as Christians. That's a lot of people. So when God says, when Jesus says, God so loved the world, that's a big number. I read this week that archaeologists dug up the remains of a school for imperial pages in Rome. They found a picture dating from the third century. It shows a a boy. He's standing with his hands raised, worshiping a figure on a cross. That figure looks like a man, but has the face of a donkey and scrawled in the writings below it, says, Alex Manos worships his God. But in different handwriting below that, it says, Alex Manos is faithful. Apparently, Alex was a young man who was a Christian mocked by his schoolmates for his faithful witness. But he was not ashamed. He was faithful. Why should we love those who push against us? Because we reflect the character of our dad, our heavenly father because God holds us to a higher moral standard and because God loves even those who would draw a picture of a donkey on his own son's face as we gather around the table today Will you reflect on that great love? We have three stations where you can go and take the cup. On the bottom cup is the bread and the top cup is the juice, representing the body and blood of Jesus Christ. I'm going to ask you to hold, to sit, to contemplate, to reflect as our praise team comes up and shares with us a Christmas Hallelujah. Let's pray together. Father, I am just truly in awe of your amazing love. I'm thankful, dear Lord, that you sent your own son to die on the cross. I pray, dear Lord, as we take this cup and as we take this bread today, I pray, Lord, that we can be reminded of how much you loved us and that that love will then in turn change our lives so that we can love, so we can pray, so we can care about even those who persecute us. We know this is only possible through the life-changing blood of your Son, Jesus Christ.